Hey everybody, what's going on? Uh, my name is Lindsay Warwick, also known as The Conduit on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts here. I have teamed up with my dear friend, Miss Bunny Lennon, also known in our community as The Crone. This podcast series uh, started, we did a podcast together a couple months back for my Top of Tuesday spiritual interview series. And Bunny is just a wealth of knowledge and wisdom and life experience. She's 70 years old, bless her, and uh, just just a beacon in, in the community here and, and just a light to all people that know her. So we started brainstorming over the last couple months about how we'd like to do a podcast, uh, Conversations with the Crone. And after doing some research, uh, we decided that we'd like to air these on the third quarter moon of every month. And um, Bunny can elaborate a little bit of, uh, about why that time frame is ideal for this podcast. But this is the Wisdom and Stories of the Crone podcast. This is so exciting. This is our first episode of the new year, 2023. So I just want to say hello, Bunny. I'm so glad that we're finally doing this. <laughs> I am too. It take uh, it's taken a while, but I'm thrilled that we're doing it, and I and I'm I appreciate it very much. Yes, and um, let's talk a little bit first about what what the crone is, right? So there are some archetypes of the divine feminine, and there is the maiden, the mother and the crone. And so now you have embraced this uh, timing of your life of becoming the crone. You've already passed through those phases of maiden and mother, and now you're in this crone phase. What does that mean to you? Do you want to elaborate to the listeners and the viewers? Um, well, you know, if you look up crone, usually the first definition you'll find is an old hag, <laughs> uh, or an ugly old hag, or a mean old hag, um, which just shows you women's position in society, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but the other definition that you'll find is a wise woman, and um, you know, an elder, a wise woman, and a whole different aspects. So, um, the whole idea of old—I mean, we make it so awful in this society like old is bad you know old isn't good young is great old isn't good and I'll tell you of the three phases I really think when I'm healthy I really think the crown is the best phase even mm -hmm. though I loved being a mother I can barely remember being a maiden <laughs> that was a long time ago I remember a lot of experimental things but I was a mother very young, and so a big stretch of my life was uh, as a mother. And as much as I love my children, it's hard. And I, when I hear people now saying they're having kids, I, I kind of cringe because <laughs> even though I remember how how into it I was, and I, and I was one of those people that had to have kids. That's like especially in that time frame, we're talking like 50, 45 years. Well, my oldest is 50. So 50 years ago, it was like, that's what you did. You know, there had only been a few years where it was even a choice, mm -hmm. you know, or a reliable choice. 
Right. And I loved having kids and I loved raising kids, but it was too hard. I think unless you have a good deal of money and you're well set up and you never know, you know, I, I got married at 17 and said to death do us part and I meant it. And then it changed, you know, and so trying to raise kids as a single mom is just so difficult and you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, and I look at babies or people telling me they're pregnant and I think of all the things that can happen, like, you know, so many kids now are born with autism, which I'm not saying is a terrible thing for kids, but it everything makes things harder, you know, and I look at them and I think, okay, this adorable baby can end up being a heroin addict or a, a doctor or we don't know what, you know, and it's just, it's scary. You know, I remember when my kids were little, um, I was afraid of like electrical sockets and poisoning and things like that. And I thought it would get easier as they grew up. It hasn't. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it just yeah. gets scarier because it's bigger things, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like I said, I loved that phase. But when my youngest moved out, it I could work 60 hours a week and feel like I was on vacation because I was just so freed up, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think the other thing I really like about being old is that I love lots of men. I'm in love with a ton of men who are 35 or 30 or 40. And, and I can be because there's no thing like they don't look at me the same way as they look at younger women. Like, would I do her or not? And that's an awful thing. But but that's how it works a lot. You know, I'm out of that range, you know. I'm I'm the mom. I'm the grandma. I'm the um, so I can be in love with everybody's husbands and and them. You know, it's not just men, but I can have relationships that I couldn't have had when I was young. You know, people who um, get a boyfriend and now you can't be their friend anymore because the women are jealous or possessive, whatever. Um. And even when it's not that, it's just a whole different thing. It's much easier for me to be expressive. And and when I say in love with, I mean heart-wise, you know. Yeah. I, I don't want to chase them down. Sometimes I want to adopt them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that's really easier. Um, so I, I feel like I was born to be old. And... I was born old. I was never childlike. I was um, I was ready to move out of my mother's house. Well, as far back as I can remember. You know, we used to go to those little playhouses in the park, and I would think, I could live here. I could do this. And I was like five. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I, and, and they used to call me an old lady because I was always like that. I was never very childlike. So um, being old is really good for me. And I I don't notice, um, how can I say this? 
Well, for one thing, the stars on my face make a big difference because people don't know what to make of that. So I, when I first did that, it was because I didn't want to be an invisible old lady. And I didn't realize at the time that I couldn't possibly be invisible. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I didn't want to be invisible and I didn't want anybody to mistake me for normal or average. And um, so that's made a difference too. You know, it's a, it's a whole different person. It's a whole different thing. Um, and people aren't quite sure. It throws them off a little bit. They're not quite sure who I am. And I like that because I can start fresh, you know. And, and I had said that I didn't want to be invisible. And then I realized that there was a whole segment of society that I had made invisible. And it was like guys in their 20s, you know, I didn't notice that they existed. And when I got the tattoo on my face, they started noticing me and like were really um, interested, you know. And I was in the grocery store one day and, and I saw this young guy and he like, you know how people start to gesture and then they like back up and then they. And, and he was kind of doing that, but he was a little bit sheepish. And and finally, I looked at him. I said, it's fucking awesome, isn't it? And he went, yes, it is. I love it, you know? Yeah. So, so I was being uh, hypocritical in not wanting to be invisible, but letting other people be. So that was a good lesson for me because nobody's invisible to me anymore. I love that. And I just was thinking, as you said, you know, you're 70. I just had a birthday on Sunday and I was joking saying I'm halfway, I'm halfway to 70 and I am, I'm 35 and I'm mm -hmm. halfway to where you are. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I, I don't even know what the chronological time frame is for a maiden, but I'm pretty sure I've done that. And I'm not a mother yet. I don't know if that is in my life's path. I mean, I have mm -hmm. I have animals that I love very much, mm -hmm. and mother, and of course, I mother my friends' children and mm -hmm. families that you know, my cousins that have children. You know what I'm saying? I love children, but right. I mean, I feel like that could be a whole podcast episode in itself, like dissecting those different archetypes. But right. I think it's so interesting because it's like. I love that you said you didn't want to be invisible and then like, but then you realized that you had made this age class like invisible. And then, yeah, I just think all of it is so, is so super fascinating. Mm -hmm. And you probably, you are an old soul. So I'm sure when you like came to earth, you were like, whatever, like I, yeah, I feel the same. I identify with feeling like I'm an old soul and like, I basically mm -hmm. like traveled and did my own thing was like a, a, a self-proclaimed gypsy over here. You know, I've lived right. in and done different things as well. Things that people looked at me and were like, you're fucking nuts. And I'm like, mm -hmm. but I'm going to follow my heart. And right. you've done the same. Oh, I love all your animals are coming in <laughs> and checking out what's going on. So yeah. He loves to mess up the computer. He knows every computer shortcut that I don't know how to get out of. That's <laughs> <laughs> so hilarious. And your doggy is like right behind you too. Yeah, I got one there and there's one there. And I think one just went in the other room. My husband just came in. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah, we've got a house full of them. Uh-huh. Well, I think it's awesome that you're, you are very, like, renowned in our community. And I know you also live in a commune. And I, I believe that you still have communication with people that you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so you're, you are kind of, you're pretty fucking legendary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a legend in my own mind. <laughs> yeah, you're a legend to a lot of us, and a lot and a lot of us just want to listen to to your wisdom, right, and your stories, and that's why we decided to do this so we could offer mm. once a month. You know, we're committing mm. to the third quarter moon um, broadcast of of these wisdom stories, and well, we did kind of solicit our audience to see like what would you like to know and they literally were like we want to know anything you have to say <laughs> yeah they did have a pretty big list it was good <laughs> i have lived a lot of different lifetimes in this lifetime yeah um, i i have there have been many changes and alternatives and and so it's like remembering um I'll say to Ken, my husband will mention something and I'll be like, oh yeah, that time. And it was an entirely different life than we have now, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and I think that's really neat because so many people live in maybe not one area, but they don't get outside the, they don't get outside what they were raised in. Like when somebody says to me, um, especially like in a group or a class or something, they say, well, I was raised that way. And to me, that's a key that, oh, <laughs> you you haven't wanted to change. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, it's hard for me to relate to people that haven't left their hometown or, yeah, traveled. Or their hometown mind even, you know? Yeah. It's... um. If I said I was raised that way, you can be sure I'm not that way now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and some people were raised in wonderful ways. I mean, you're young enough now. You're younger than any of my kids. And, um, <laughs> so you're old enough to have been raised with a lot of things that are open that were not open before, you know. Mm -hmm. um, when people talk about energy or meditation or there's so many things that are common now that we used to have to hide to do, you know, meditation was like witchcraft, which I'm also a fan of, but you know, in the general population, uh, it was not highly thought of. You didn't go do yoga. <laughs> and I remember bringing home yogurt. Now, how many aisles are there of yogurt in the grocery store, you know? And when I was in high school, I had to take two buses to get to the health food store. And I brought home yogurt and my mother had never heard of it and, you know, read the thing. And she said, you're not putting that in my refrigerator because it's got bacteria in it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a whole different world now. And I love it. I love that it's a trend for people to want to be spiritual and to want to grow and to want to know themselves and others better and live in community 
whether that means, you know, it doesn't usually mean all together in a house now, but it's a community of people that come together and it's, it's truly wonderful. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it's probably because our, our planet is going through this mass ascension and awakening. And so it's like, buckle up and get on board or you're gonna Mm -hmm. really go through your your karmic shit you know right i'm always fascinated like i'm always fascinated and inspired by older people um and i always like to ask like oh what was your favorite time like throughout your life like so is now your favorite time because of the openness and just the freedom that you have now has usually been my favorite time You know, because I decided early to live a life that I didn't want to escape, you know, as as early as I could. um, I knew I wanted to do something different. I've learned a lot. I mean, I've made a lot of big mistakes, which is one of the reasons I'm so fucking wise, (laughs) (laughs) because they've all been turned to lessons. But um. I, I lost the question. I just oh, away. like your your favorite time. Oh, my favorite time. <laughs> yeah. Now I would like um. I would like my health to be a little bit better, and I'm working on that. But other than that, I think now is my favorite time. And and many times, I mean, I've had you know bad years and bad situations and stuff. But I was always working on the next thing and how to get to the next thing. So um, this isn't the first time that now has been uh, my favorite time. Yeah, when I think of 1969, it was the best. I sound like what it, was it, Gatsby? Or no, I forget what the best of times, the worst of times. You know, yeah. 69 was like it was the year I got married. I graduated from high school, got married the same week, went to the best concerts that ever existed, um, did acid. Uh, it was it was a fantastic year when I look back at it. It was also an awful year when I look back at it. But I don't tend to remember the awful stuff as much as the good stuff, you know, because I I. Uh, I've pretty much released all of the old shit and um, and keep the good things, you know? And that's what I do now. I, um, I'm doing a class um, making beautiful feather earrings from uh, parrots that have, you know, they drop their feathers, you don't pull yeah. them out. And, um, this man who has had parrots for years, rescue parrots, has been collecting their feathers for years and they are just gorgeous. And one of the things I've been working with them to get ready for the class. And one of the things that struck me is that, you know, I can look at these beautiful feathers and make something beautiful out of them and come together with people and teach them how to do it. And the world is beautiful. Or I can watch the news and be all hysterical about how fucked up the world is, you know, and and I'd rather uh, I'd rather 
focus on the beauty. I don't, we, people, when I first started um, leaving people's reality, news and, you know, being up to date on what was going on, I thought I was going to feel like um, stupid or un, um, uh, I can't think of the word, but, you know, I'm used to being smart and up to date and I could argue anything. And, um, and I realize I don't want to argue now. I don't need to know what's going on in the world. I had the, one of the wisest things that anybody ever said to me um, many, many years ago when I was really, truly concerned about saving the planet and, you know, which requires changing other people, which is a disaster, no matter how you look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and he said to me, why don't you not worry about saving the world and just deal with the things that cross your path? That'll give you plenty to deal with. And it was life-changing for me because I can do that. I mean, I'm not gonna, I don't know what's going on in the news at all. The only news I ever see is what people post on Facebook and I, and I don't even read that. Um, mm -hmm. But if there's a situation in front of me, I'll deal with it. You know, if there's because for me, the hardest part of being me is the line between peace and activism. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a born activist and, and, um, to let, to not make things right for everybody is very hard for me. So, I mean, I still do whatever things can be done. I don't, um, but I don't get as involved because I also realize that everybody has their karmic position oh, and yeah. their part to play, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so if it's if it's in my path, like <laughs> the day before I married Ken, we got married on our 38th anniversary. And um, there was like, <laughs> yeah, y'all were that like, was in, fuck marriage. <laughs> yeah, that was in 2012. And it was largely done because at that point we hit, you know, legal things and ownership and all that stuff. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, this would be easier if we were married. It, Anyway, so one of my friends wanted to take me for a manicure, which I don't go for manicures, but, um, and I do art. My, my hands are always filthy and colored and, you know, but anyway, she wanted to take me for a manicure and then somebody came into the nail salon and was fighting with the woman who was working there. And I think he slapped her and I flew into the back. And told them to get out and, you know, pretty much ran my thing on them. And it was, uh, that's the kind of activism I can do now. It's in front of me. I can't let it slide. Yeah. Um, but I don't go out looking for it. I'd rather look at flowers and teach feather classes and play with my animals, you know, because yeah. we, live, we all live such different lives. And 
And reality is so sketchy. I mean, yeah. everybody's reality is different. Everybody's view totally. of reality is different. So I, I'm pick and choose mine pretty carefully. It's all about perception, too. And also, it, it's Absolutely. all about your inner reality. Like, what's going mm -hmm. on in your inner world? Because when you're mm -hmm. in a fear place, like, I heard this quote, and it, and I'll never forget it, but fear changes people that you love into the enemy. Like, it, it all depends yes. on that beam that you're on. And mm -hmm. like, I just was doing, um, I was on like a little summit earlier in the week and there were, there were a series of questions you had to answer to introduce yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think the third or fourth question was, what is the most important relationship that you have? And I was like, well, that's the one that I have with me and the one that I have with God, because right. if I'm not good and I'm not aligned with God, God is source, you know, whatever I, anyone wants to call it. Right. love consciousness I'm not really gonna be good in my any any other aspects of myself that's one of the biggest things in the world that that is the biggest thing in the world to be yeah. aligned with the universe as you see it yeah um and and that means you have to look at it a lot and you have to ask a lot of questions to get to that point mm -hmm. of how you see it and it and it changes over time you know yeah um it evolved over time and and it's if i could change one thing in the world it wouldn't be world peace no. it would be people knowing themselves and knowing their divinity can we talk their about attachment. that mm -hmm. like how you said also i just can't help it i just want to burst out laughing because your cat right now <laughs> his little paul is like right on your sacred heart, basically, like <laughs> our animals are such healers. Mm -hmm. um, my, uh, my dogs are with my partner today. So I have like my place to myself. It's kind of nice. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely miss them. But um, I know we kind of briefly before we hit record, you were starting to tell me a story about like a little uh, time that you were telling somebody to be themselves. And mm -hmm. they asked you, I don't, or they said, I don't know what that means. And, and you were just mm -hmm. starting to say that you're, if you could change anything, then it would be for people to know themselves and to mm -hmm. know their divinity. So I feel like that's mm -hmm. a really good segue into that story. Well, and you know, it's not a new age idea, what some people think. I mean, I think Plato talked about it and, and Marcus Aurelius talked about it and, um, and now we get hit with like, uh, would you like a crystal with that? <laughs> you know, and a as side of a, yeah, as if it's a new idea. Um, mushroom tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole different thing. But uh, what I think, knowing yourself, is, um, I I grew up in a Catholic family with an insane mother. I mean, certifiable, and um, and it was exactly the parent I needed. Both of them were mm -hmm. to become who I am, Absolutely. because I knew they were crazy. <laughs> and and um, so even though I had to toe the line, I had to figure out what was true, because their stuff wasn't, and it didn't take me long to figure out that the Catholic stuff wasn't either. 
You know, there were too many contradictions. And I remember I was in love with Jesus and I bought into the whole thing, you know. And I remember asking a nun one time, uh, my mother used to clean the convent. She'd go to the convent, she'd take me with her, and I'd go in the chapel and pretend I was a nun and, you know, <laughs> be all nunny and oh, pray okay. and stuff. And my mother would bitch the whole time she was there. And she, I remember her mumbling things like, remember her up on a ladder cleaning a, a window, still, you know, the top of the window, and and mumbling about uh, vow, yeah, vow of poverty. They have a color TV at some vow of poverty, and I mean, she just bitched the whole time. And I said, "Why do you go there?" You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Well, I have to." And I I didn't get it, you know. Um, so I had to ask the questions of, like, what makes sense out of this? What makes, what is the reality of this? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, she would come home from the store and be in a fury because somebody got in front of her in line. And she'd take it out on us because she would never open her mouth in the store, you know. So I never let anybody do that to me. And I was about, well, I'm only four nine now. I was like three feet tall. <laughs> and if I went into a store, it wasn't unusual for the clerk to take the next person behind me. Because they couldn't see you? No, just because I was a kid and they ignored me. And and I would say, excuse me, but I was here before him. And and they'd get all flustered. And usually it would be the other customer that said, yes, she was. And, and, And it didn't really cause any problems, except with my mother. Because when I told her that, it went against the rules of how you deal with elders, that you don't talk back. That I was doing what she wanted to do and wouldn't dare do. So it was a really mixed, mixed thing. And everything was like that. You know, it was, um, you're not supposed to do this. I wish I could do this, but you're not supposed to do this. But, you know, so I think sorting out the difference between rules and beliefs. You really have to question, and it would probably take a hundred years to get through it all, but you really have to question what you think are values and what are just rules that you learned, you know? And I was lucky enough that I had a few years, um, sorry about that, I had a few years in the commune where I could really devote myself to looking at that, you know, to introspection and to saying we, and it was a a thing everybody did. I mean, it was like, it is, that's a preconception. People would say that's a pre, a preconception, which was like a mortal sin (laughs) in hippie land. Yeah. And, uh, but it was so awesome because it's like, yeah, you're right. That That's a preconceived notion that isn't really mine. So how do I feel about it? And to question all the rules and values. And it makes it very hard because people who like their parents and want to get along with them, um, 
you know, can get in some pretty deep shit that way. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's the way to get to know yourself is to know what you believe and what you're you're willing to go with. And that tells you who you are and your connection. I mean, I know when I'm connected. I know when I'm disconnected. And sometimes I'm like waffling in the middle, you know. Yeah. Um, but over the years, I pretty much know. I know myself very well. So it's, um, and it's taken a million questions. And still, like I said, if, the reason it would probably take a hundred years is I know there's still little things in there that come out. I cannot stop the habit of saying, God bless you when somebody sneezes. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that's a bad, a bad thing to do. But when I say it, it's meaningless. It's a habit. Because it's, it's so like root or whatever. It is so ingrained. You're just like, oh, God bless you. But you're not even thinking about the words. No, I'm not thinking about God or a blessing or you. You just sneezed and I'm uttering some stupid thing. And it feels really weird to not say it because it's so deep, you know? Yeah. And like I said, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to say. It's just when I say it, it's meaningless. It's like people who walk past and say, how are you? It's like, would you really like to know or you want to keep walking? <laughs> you know, it's like That's true, yeah. actually. And I also think that there's this like, love you culture. Of, right. Love you. And it's like, but do you? Like, do you right. know what that means? Like, right. what does that mean? And yeah, it's, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I do still say God bless you because I read about it one time that when you sneeze, apparently like your heart stops. Right. And so when someone sneezes, I always say God bless you because your heart is still going. Like, right. so that's what I think about, but it is very ingrained like into my psyche that that's what you're supposed to do, you know? So, right. And I love that you said that to, to really get to know yourself, question like your, your rules and your own beliefs. And I feel like it's also, yeah, it's been such a journey. I'm just reflecting a little bit about my own journey of, of self-discovery of who I am. And that has included like letting go of people that have these Pre preconceived, right? Like you said, mm -hmm. ideas of me that don't align with me, they're coming right. from their own unhealed parts of self. And for me, it's been letting them go with peace and love and grace. Mm -hmm. and like, mm -hmm. I, I just can't, and I don't, I would love your thrown advice, wisdom, uh, and a story if you have one about this, but after a certain point in time when a person has these expectations of you and you don't do what they think you should do when they think you should do it. And then they like belittle or punish you after a certain point in time, like there has to be like a hard boundary and like, absolutely. Boundaries are so important. Goodbye, literally. I said goodbye before I turned 35. I said, I, I'm going to, I curse a little bit. I fucking can't. I was mm -hmm. like, you have this idea of me that I'm not going to live up to and I'm good with who I am. And this is like, 
Can we talk about, I actually want to talk about this too, like this idea of, I know contrast and conflict is the like essential to growth, but at Mm -hmm. a certain point, like if it doesn't feel good, then why do we have to, do we, should we hold on to it to grow? Like, I just want your whole opinion on all of that. (laughs) No, we shouldn't hold on to anything that's not us to grow. Or that Um, doesn't feel good in mind. I think one of the issues is we want to be loving people. We want to be good people. And what that means to everybody is different. And, and the, the worst, the lowest end of that is I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. And we all get hit with that sometimes. And that's the thing. Like I said, knowing yourself will change that. Knowing your divinity will change that. But we still get hit with it, just like we get hit with bad days, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the really hard part is that because we want to be loving, we tend toward codependence. And we want to be um, loving, which means we want people to love us and we tend to let boundaries just go out the window and say, okay, I'm, this is for my growth or this is for, um, you know, this is growing me and I, I will change what I do with this or whatever. And sometimes I think some relationships are worth making changes in yourself that you would make anyway. Yeah, that, that you would do anyway. Yes, but boundaries are really hard for people. And that's, uh, I'm all, aside from being known as wonderful and loving and uh, wise, I'm known as a bitch. (laughs) And boundaries are a large part of it because I won't go there. I won't, I won't do it for you just because you want me to do it for you. I won't be who you want me to be. That's pretty much. Because I have to be who I am. And, um, and you know, I think imagination is the enemy of our thinking we're enough. Our thinking, our thinking that we're not enough. Because I really truly believe that everybody is doing the best they can. And I've even had people say to me, no, I'm, I, I wasn't doing the best I could. And, and I don't believe it because there's a reason why they did this thing they did, you know, and, and imagination lets us always think of a better way. You know, like I could, um, I could get all these shirts tie dyed if I stayed up till one o'clock this morning. <laughs> and and I'm going to be asleep long before that, you know, so I'm not good enough because I didn't get all my work done. It's the imagination that's telling me I could do all that. It's way too much for me to do. But if I was really good enough, I I would do it. So I think in a lot of ways, the fact that we can imagine a better thing um, is what makes us think we're not enough or we're not doing all we can, or we're not doing our best. And anytime somebody said to me, well, I don't believe that because I wasn't doing my best that whatever. 
And I said, well, why not? What did you do instead? She said, well, I said no. I just said maybe because I was really tired and I should have said yes. And I, it's like, if you're really tired, because I, I really, another thing that happens here is I believe that you own your life and you just design it and you should like it. Your life is for you before it's for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel like doing something, you don't have to do it. You know, sometimes it's worth going out of your way when you don't feel like it. You know, your neighbor needs a ride to the hospital and you're ready to go to bed and you're in your jammies. You get out of your jammies and you take them to the hospital, whether you feel like it or not. You know, yeah. but on the little things, when somebody wants you to do something that there's no reason they need you to do it. There's no reason for you to do it. There's, we want to say yes to all these things and then feel like we didn't do enough because we didn't say yes. You can say no anytime you want. And it's a complete paragraph. You know, it's, you don't have to have a reason. You have your life to live the way you want. And most of our reasons that we don't do what we think would be our best are good reasons. Being tired is a good reason. Not feeling like not feeling like it is a good reason, you know? Um, like I said, if it's not something that's really uh outweighs how you feel. And and we just don't do enough of that. We don't live for ourselves, you know. Somebody said to me recently, I've been pondering this a lot. She said, um, wonderful, wonderful person. And she said something about um, wanting to know God's purpose for her. And it really struck me because I don't think like that. I think what's my purpose for God, not what's God's purpose for me. And I don't believe in the old man in the sky kind of God. I believe in the universal force and the, and the oneness of us all and and making that better with love, not with pretending I can do better or doing people favors or because that makes you not loving, you know. My number one uh requirement for myself is to not do anything that will cause me a resentment. So if I start saying yes to people for stupid shit I don't want to do, then you're, I'm going to end up resentful. Yeah. And I cannot connect with divinity and be resentful at the same time. I absolutely so. get that too. Like I, I just finished a shamanic rose priestess mentorship and got ordained last week. And one of the main things on the ascension path is similar to that, like, I don't want to create more karma that I have to fucking clear. Like I'm already right. trying to clear enough karma, which is like, you know, right. I don't want to be creating resentments because yeah, if I have resentment in my heart and in my energy field, then it's definitely hard to me. It is harder to be in that alignment with source and be on that spiritual beam. Right. So yeah, I hear that for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I still want you to tell the story about, you know, the person that you said to be themselves and they told you they didn't know. Well, that was pretty much it. I mean, she, 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 and I, I told her 
um, what I just told you about rules and values. Well, like what incited you to tell her like to be herself? Like what was she doing that struck you to, to say that? Let me think. Um, she was unhappy and she didn't know if she wanted to go back to school or take a job. She wanted to take a job that did not, um, that wasn't up to her education, but she, it was what she wanted to do. And her parents had sent her to college and she was, uh, you know, in a very ruleful house. Mm -hmm. um, and she felt like she couldn't take this job because they had spent all this money on her education and she should be doing something more. And so she was really conflicted and she was very unhappy and she was in an iffy relationship. And, um, and I'm being kind when I say iffy and uh, <laughs> she just was in a waffling. She didn't know where she wanted to be and she was unhappy every place she was. And I said, if this is the job you want to take, if this is what you really want to do, and I offered her ways that it could be done. It wasn't impossible. It wasn't hard. It was very possible. And um, and she was like, no, I can't because of my parents and this. And I, I, that's when I said, you know, you're going to have to learn to be, you're going to have to be yourself. Yeah. Because it can't be what everybody else wants from you. Right. That's why you're so unhappy, you know? Like, you can't live your life for anybody else either. That's like, wow, I love that you gave that advice because it's similar to the advice that my parents gave to me, you know, like, when I was 27 and I decided to casually sell all my shit and pack one suitcase and move to Costa Rica, my mom, <laughs> you know, a lot of people thought I was crazy, but my mom was like, you're the bravest person I've ever met. And then when I decided to move from New Jersey down to Myrtle Beach in 2020, like the beginning of the pandemic, but right. um, I, I said to my parents, like, you know, is it okay if I go so far away? And my dad was like, this is your life, you know, like, you have to do what makes you happy. And you know what? Like my parents weren't perfect. You know, childhood wasn't easy, but I'm grateful. I just got chills. I just got chills. I think I just need some healing from you, Crone. <laughs> you know, it was, they were the perfect parents to kind of, if you think of it like a, like a, like we're little coals or something like to kind of like shine me into a little diamond, like those experiences, like, mm -hmm. and, and that's because we have free will, right? Because some of those experiences could have made me turn to the, what I call the dark side, right? Which I did for a little while, like in college of binge drinking and all this, but mm -hmm. you can choose to have those experiences turn you into a, a more enlightened being. So absolutely. I fucking love that you gave that advice because I do see a lot of people living for other people. And, mm -hmm. and I feel like, well, I feel like we're coming up on like an hour here, but we could totally, I feel like we could talk forever. <laughs> I could. <laughs> no, you really could. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else that you want to share for this first third? Do you want to talk about like the third quarter moon aspect of things? Well, that, that's just the the moon's phase that represents the crone. Mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't um, have anything 
greatly insightful to say about it. That's just what it is. So that's when we decided to do this. Um, and, and, and it seems to align and, uh, yeah, it's, but it's you are something. <laughs> yeah. He's been uh, pretty active this whole podcast. Well, I mean, is there anything else that you want to share? I mean, today we just kind of covered like a whole variety of topics, but I feel like the main one was like to just always be true to true to who you are and look mm -hmm. at your beliefs and your rules and your boundaries. Like it's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those, those are big things and they're hard things for people. So I think it's really important. That's why community is so important yeah. because I think it's really, you need to have people who after you've given up something that you didn't want to give up because when we do those boundaries, it's not like, Oh, I decided I'm done with this person. It's usually a lot more. Oh my God. It's hard. It's, hard. it's been heartbreaking for me personally. Yes. I let go of two people that I call good friends. And, mm -hmm. and, and although I knew that it, it was dysfunctional on both parties, me as well, mm -hmm. like I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. but it, it, it's hurtful. It's still yes. it's that it feels like a mini death. Yes. And so when you have community or, and I say community, it could be two people. It could be a hundred people, but you have people who support you and say, yes, you need to create boundaries. No, yeah. you're not wrong in saying no. And, you know, people who can, people that you trust their guidance and who will say, I don't want to say attaboy, but that's the kind of thing, you know? Yeah, like that, this great decision or, yeah, yeah, support you. And and to have a community, which we have, mm -hmm. um, of people that get together and for a higher purpose. And what's wonderful about that is I think people think we sit and we're boring, you know, we meditate and we're pious and I'm not, I'm certainly not fucking pious, <laughs> but I think that when we make those connections and we have those deeper relationships, then we could sit around and talk about anything, uh, you know, from potato chips to dogs to whatever nonsense, but you still have that heart connection there. So mm -hmm. you're not uh, just flaking off into the wilderness, you know, whereas some other people, like the woman who said she didn't know how to be herself. I had a hard time having a conversation with her for 10 minutes because eight things would come up that, that would make me want to stop, you know, um, and say, no, I don't wait. I don't believe that. <laughs> no, I'm not there. You know, whereas when you're have your community, Yes, you sit around and do your meditation, which I love anyway. Um, and or kirtan, I love, or whatever the whatever we do in in the groups that we're in, yoga. Um, I love that stuff, and it gives us that soul to soul connection where we know we're all striving for the same. And I don't even want to say striving because that sounds too much like work. It's right. just a matter of living, you know, with good choices and, and being who we want to be and, and uh, in a higher self.
in a way, creating a world that works for everybody. And that's really um, my family's standard for what we do is creating a world that works for everybody. So if I have to give up a little bit so that it would work better for the whole, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not giving up a little bit because you think I should have less. (laughs) That ain't happening. But I want to create a world that works for everybody. And when we do that, it's, um, it's not always hard. You know, sometimes it's hard. Um, but we know that we're in that mode as opposed to a competitive, I want more than you. I am jealous of you. I, those things don't even enter my mind anymore. Yeah. I, I don't have space for them. If I sense those like jealousy frequent, I, I got to go. I, I can't, yeah. I just don't have time. I don't have time for that. You know right. what I mean? It's yeah. worth it to me. Mm-hmm. So, well, this has been an amazing first uh, wisdom and stories of the Chrome <laughs> conversation. Uh, the next, I just was checking out this little graphic that I found that lists the third quarter moons of 2023 and the next one is February the 13th. So y'all can check us out. Our next airing will be February the 13th. And mm-hmm. I think if it's okay with you, Bunny, between now and then, if people want to, you know, submit questions. For oh, you, absolutely. Comments. You, comments. We we want to hear it. Yes, absolutely. Because I want to, I, I want to sit here and talk to my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to whatever people are. That's why I love talking to you because you're so interested and engaged. I am. Uh, you know, if if people don't want to know, I don't care. They I want to dogs know. To play with. Um, so, yes, I would like to offer whatever people want, whatever I can offer. Um, also, I want to mention, I know this is going to be in a few different, um, uh, what do you call it? formats or whatever yeah yeah. and this is a brand new youtube channel so i want people to have patience with us um because it it ain't done yet (laughs) and i'm gonna be posting it through my um my podcast feeds on spotify and apple podcasts as well we're just gonna try to just blast it right so uh, yeah it's been really fun i love I, I love, love doing this. <laughs> so yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed watching or how listening, however you're, you know, consuming this and would love your feedback and any any um suggestions for the future. Yes. So and always get in touch. Don't be afraid to get in touch. I hear people say, Oh, you were with Bunny. I wish I was with you. And I say, Well, why weren't you? You know, yeah. I'm open, I'm here. I'm yours. This is my job. This is what I really do. Yeah. So, so come. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for, you know, collaborating with me on this and we will be back on the next third quarter moon. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Love you, Lindsay. Thank you. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye everybody.